and the many others who have served as well. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6, we're looking at the steps to spiritual success. Uh, we have seen that it begins with a burden. It transforms and focuses into a vision. And then there's preparation that takes place. We prepare ourselves. We're watching for God and we're active in the process, but God is preparing us. What God is doing in your life right now, God is getting ready for down the road. You don't, might not know what it is. You might not expect it. And sometimes God brings us to unexpected places and unexpected tasks, but he works to prepare us for it. Cooperation is necessary. We work together. We are a part of a team, a family that's working together uh, to have a Christian family, a church that's working together. Those who invest in our lives as individuals, the work of the gospel going out takes cooperation. We would not in ourselves be able to take the gospel to Auckland, New Zealand, and 180 different nationalities that are represented in that city, but we are able to have teamwork be a part of that, that mission. And then, of course, we saw last week that we have to maintain our focus. There are so many distractions. There are so many things that will pull our attention away. This week, I want you to look with me in two verses in Nehemiah chapter 6. And the sixth step is finishing. Finishing. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing. There's, there's a lot of people who are good at starting things, but they just don't quite have the, what it takes to finish. This has been a problem in the church since the early church. Paul wrote to the church of Galatians and he said, you did run well, who has hindered you? You started out so well, who is it you didn't finish? We think about the great stories and I think about the story that all of us probably know, the, the tortoise and the hare or the turtle and the rabbit as we used to tell it in, um, in the deep south. Um, the, tor the tortoise takes off and boy, he's, he's going fast. But the, turtle, the tortoise is the one that finishes the race. It's not the, the race is won not by the one that's the fastest, but by the one that finishes. And so there's so many things I, I thought about, and I might hope I don't offend anybody. Anytime you talk about sports, you're going to get on somebody's toes. But I remember, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, some years ago, uh, there was a player that I, maybe was in the Super Bowl. Some of will, somebody will probably come up to me afterwards and tell me his number and his name and the year that this happened and which Super Bowl. They'll tell me all the details about it. But I remember that he intercepted the ball, I believe, and he was running back toward the end zone for a touchdown. And just about two yards before he got to the, the cross the line into the end zone, he held the ball out and he started doing a little dance. And you all know exactly what happened. Fellow came up behind him, and just right before he crossed the line, he knocked the ball out of his hand. And instead of going down in history as the one who scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, he ended up being the one that's remembered for almost getting there, but but dropping the ball. Uh, you can you can go online. You can see all sorts of incidences like this where football players, they're running, and right before they get to the line, or track stars, and they're running, they stumble right before they, they just don't quite finish. It's one thing to start. It's one thing to be burdened about something. It's one thing to be convicted about something. This needs to be done, but it's another thing to see it through all the way to the end. I want you to see these verses in Nehemiah chapter 6. In verse 15, so the wall was finished. That simple phrase, we're going to come back to the rest of these verses, but let me just pause a minute and say what is encapsulated in that simple little statement. And anytime you see something that reaches the finish, you should 
you should recognize that and honor that. But because behind that one simple phrase is nearly two months of diligent labor by a lot of people. They have carried rubble. They have removed great stones. They have stood on watch and guarded. They have been up all night long at times. They have done the hard work. They have carried the stones to put them in place. They have carried the, the mortar and the timber and they've, they've traveled the mortar out and they've done all this heavy labor and it all is encapsulated in that one little phrase, the wall was finished. It's done. It's completed. This is the sixth step in spiritual success. You have to actually finish the job. And it's probably the most difficult. It takes all the other ones before to reach this point. But often when we get close to the finish line, we start letting up. You get close to finishing a job and it's the temptation to start cutting corners. Man, I've been working so hard and I've been so focused. I've, I've not been drawn aside by the enemy. I've not been pulled aside. I'll just, I'll just coast across the finish line. I'll, I'll start cutting corners. I'll start taking shortcuts. The quality of our, of our effort and our labor begins to suffer. And we don't make the finish line. True success demands that we have the integrity to finish the job and persevere. There's a great... Um, illustration of this. I was thinking about the song earlier. It was talking about Lady Liberty standing in the harbor, and they tell me that there are pictures that are now able to be taken, of course, from the top of the Statue of Liberty, but that the creator, the sculptor who designed that, put great detail into the crown and the, the top of the head of the Statue of Liberty. At a time when there was no possible way of anybody but seagulls probably seeing the top of that statue, but he put detail in it. Why? Because he wanted to finish it with integrity. Now, of course, we can fly over and they can see these details. That's the kind of, that's the work that we do. The work that we do for God requires no less and is no less a masterpiece than when we make a commitment to finish with faithfulness. What God is doing in your life is a masterpiece. The world may not think that. The world may not see that. The world may not place any value on being a godly dad. The world may not place value on having a godly family, having a, a strong, healthy, spiritual, scriptural marriage. The, the world may not value being a follower of Christ. But we do not place the world's values on God's work. The minute we do is the minute we'll begin to get discouraged because we won't measure up. A lot of folks try to value, well, this is what it looks like to, to be successful. And they take the world's values. Many times, for example, in a church, people will value having a crowd. Thank God for everyone that's here this morning. I'm glad that we come to worship. God, God values small crowds, large crowds. He fed thousands there were thousands saved, and we know that because somebody counted that there were thousands saved on Pentecost, so the numbers is not the problem. It's, it's valuing that as success. If that's the case, there were a lot of college football games yesterday and a lot of professional football games today that will be successful. Because you can watch 93,000 people desperately in need of exercise cheering on 22 that desperately need a rest. It's the definition of football, isn't it? They had a crowd. They had tens of thousands of people packed in there. And there, 
successful. But that's not the definition of success. You see, a problem is, is when we begin to value the wrong things, we transpose that into the work of God. We'll do whatever it takes to get a crowd. We won't worry about people being disciples of Christ. We'll just try to fill the seats. We'll do what a church did some years ago, and I won't name the name of the church, but the, the Ringland Brothers Circus came to town. And so on Sunday morning, they brought in the clowns from the circus. They brought them in during the worship service on the platform to do their juggling act for the worship service. May I just kindly say that the biggest clowns were not the ones on the platform. That's not the, that's not the work of God. I'm not saying that we don't have events. We have wonderful events. But the focus of them is not, the success of them is not, well, how, how well do we do in man's eyes? It's how well do we do in God's eyes? That's the value. That's what we see, the measure of success. And we do this, we find God's purpose, and then we're faithful to God's purpose. So much more I could say about that, but we've dealt with that over the weeks before. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want you to see three simple truths in this context and in this account that tell us about finishing well. First of all, the measure of finishing. The measure of finishing. Knowing the definition of success will help us to understand the measure of finishing. The world's measure is not our own. And so the measure of success for the believer is different. First of all, it's the completion of individual tasks. There are some things that God does and gives us that are temporary, immediate tasks. God wants us to do this. God wants us to share the gospel with this person. God wants us to serve in this particular place. God wants us to go and carry the gospel. Well, these are different tasks and they can be completed in an individual way. When they built this wall, look, there were some people who served and their task was not the whole wall. Their task was just a part of the wall. Remember, it takes cooperation. It takes everybody working. There are parts of the labor of us as a church that every single person can be involved in and have a part in. And it's necessary. But we do that, that one individual task. And when they finished the wall, that was, not the, that was not the end of the job. There was still the city to be rebuilt. There was still the temple to be rebuilt. There was still the repopulation of the city before it could be functioning as a city. There was still much work to be done. This is just one individual task. And God gives us these tasks. If we begin to apply those wrong understandings of success to God's work, we'll get discouraged. We need to see that one task, that, that daily task. Much of what God gives us to do is not the big things. I've heard people say, man, I, I'm ready to serve God. And what they want to know about what God's will is, is what is God's call for my whole life? God very seldom gives to us that whole vision. He gives us one step at a time. You've heard me often refer to it as not flashlight guidance, but candle guidance. We take one step at a time, and as we obey, He shows us more. But there are some people who want to do something big for God, and they won't do something small for God. Someone I heard recently said, if you're, not, if you're, if you're too spirit-filled to use a mop, you're too spirit-filled to use a mic. A lot of people want to be on the platform, but they don't want to do the labor. They don't want to do the hard work. A lot of people want the big moments. Look, I love the big moments in the Christian life. I love the big moments in serving God. I love the revivals. I love the harvest when people are getting saved. But those moments are the highlights. Most of the Christian life is simple every single day doing the faithful task and finishing it. 
remember in a, being in a Bible conference many years ago, my dad was preaching, and in this particular church, there were a lot of young pastors. They had a Bible, a small Bible college, and they were training, Bible Institute, they were training pastors, and so the front rows were filled with these pastors, and a family came to this Bible conference from several hundred miles away from a town that had no, no church of any kind, a city of thirty or 40,000 people, and no church, there was no Catholic church, there was no Mormon, there was no, no bad, no, nothing. And they stood up nearly every service and said, please pray that God will send someone to start a church in our city. And these young men were sitting on the front row, and they kept coming up, and they would say, um, please, please pray for us that God will provide a place for us to preach. And one of them said to my dad, he said, um, I, I wish you would pray for me. I'm looking for somewhere to preach. And my dad said, oh, hey, I know, I know where there's 30 people that want to start a church, starting with 30. And he said, well, that wasn't quite what I had in mind. What did you have in mind? He said, well, I was, I was hoping for something about 300 so I wouldn't have to worry about my finances. My dad, in his typical tact, said, if you won't preach to 30, you're not fit to preach to 300. I want to tell you that the small tasks are important. The small things. We look at the big things. We want to do the big things for God, but it starts with us doing the small things. Before we can, before we can carry the gospel around the world, what about being faithful where we are to preach the gospel and share the gospel? Before we can do all these other things that draw attention, what about the things that nobody sees? What about reading your Bible and praying on a daily basis? And even in those times, there's big moments. Boy, I love when I open up the Word of God. And there are times when I read it, and boy, there's a truth that just leaps out at me, and it grabs me, and it blesses me, and it may bring tears to my eyes. And I praise God for His Word. But can we be honest enough this morning to say that there are many times that we open up the Word of God, and we read it, and we don't really see a whole lot of great enlightening truths. We simply read the Bible, and we pray. If you're watching for only those big things, the individual daily task and completion of those in faithfulness is success in God's eyes. Going through a day, getting up in the morning and having your time with God and going to your job or going to school and having a faithful day as a follower of Christ, that is a measure of success in finishing. Some of us need to just lay our heads on our pillow at night and say, God... I made it through another day. Thank you. Thank you. I finished. We're looking, at the, we're looking at the long term, and God wants us to be faithful in the short term. But then there is also the consistency of a lifetime journey. There's the long term. There's the finishing the job. Yes, there's the moments on the wall. Yes, there's that laid that brick. Yes, laid that brick. Yes, I carried that timber. Yes, we finished that section of the wall. We finally got the gate put in place. Yes, there's those tasks. Yes, praise God, the wall was finished. And then they turn around and look inside the wall. And there's ruins everywhere. And the temple is still in ruins. They begin to work on that. It's a lifetime. It's following Christ faithfully and finishing our course with joy. That is finishing with success. Faithfulness like Paul. Boy, I think about the godly saints that I've known over the years. Faces that are coming to my mind right now, and I'm sure you can think of faces as well. But godly people, I'm thinking of one dear saint of God. That at 80, 90 years old, I'd go by and 
one of those people that you go by to encourage and you come away more encouraged than you encouraged. And I would walk in and she no longer served, she no longer taught a Sunday school class. She no longer was able to do many of the things that she had done for decades in the church. And I know that must have weighed on her mind, but I would walk in and she would be praising the Lord. She'd have the joy of the Lord on her face and she'd have her Bible and she'd have the commentaries that she accumulated over the years as she would study to prepare her Sunday school lessons. And she had all those out and she wasn't preparing to teach someone else. She was there looking for a word from God. Why? Because for her, it was not just being faithful as long as there was some task that she got some enjoyment out of. It was about finishing a lifelong journey with faithfulness and with joy. It's what Paul said. He said, I have run a good race. I have finished the course. I have done, I've I've completed that. Paul was ready to be offered up. Look, this... The success in finishing for the believer is a destination. It's not about just a destination. It is a lifelong journey. It's not a 40-yard dash. It's a marathon. It's the long term. And yes, we do those daily tasks. But yes, one day we will stand before God. And by God's grace, we will hear those words, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. I want to know that I have finished with faithfulness. We're in it for the long haul. That's the measure of finishing. There's the the short-term task that God gives us. We need to finish those. We need to not just leave those. You ever see somebody that they get started in something and they're all excited about it, but before it's ever finished, they move on to something else and they're excited about that. And then they're excited. used to have a friend that we said he was the first one. If there was any problem or situation or a need, he would grab the bull by the horns. And the problem was once he had the bull by the horns, he didn't quite know what to do with the bull. And he would always start something to get something going, and then he'd sort of fade back, and somebody else had to stop, step in, and finish it. We're talking about finishing. That's the measure of it. But then there's the message of success, the message of finishing. When we finish with faithfulness, whether it's an everyday task, whether it's a temporary task, or whether it's the lifelong task, it sends a message. Do you see that in verse 16? It came down from verse... I backed up a page. I'm getting ready to read the wrong chapter. It came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of God. Finishing the task, finishing well, the wall was finished. What does it do? It communicates. It sends a message. First of all, it discourages the enemy. The enemy was cast down in their eyes. It answers the cynics. Remember, some of these people said they'll never do it. They can't be done. (laughs) Nothing nothing shuts the mouth of a cynic and a critic more than actually doing it. The person who says it can't be done, just go out and do it and prove that it can be done. And that's what Nehemiah and the people did with God's grace and God's work. They did what they said couldn't be done. And it discourages the enemy. I believe that it, I believe with all of my heart I believe that Satan is reminded, when we finish faithfully, Satan is reminded of his ultimate defeat. I'm glad to know that Satan loses. This world not only tolerates Satan, this world has begun to celebrate and even worship Satan. I want to tell you, he's he's a defeated foe. And he knows it. The Bible says he knows his time is short. 
He knows that he's running out of time. And I believe that every time a Christian, uh, every time a Christian is faithful, Satan is reminded of his defeat. And every time a soul is saved, Satan is reminded that's one less that he'll get. And every time God does a work of revival in his people, Satan is reminded that he is not the most powerful. He's not the most high. He would be like the most high, but he is not. And I'm glad that it discourages the enemy. But it also has an impact on believers. It encourages the believers. It encourages the person who finishes it and encourages those who are watching. Can you imagine the joy? There was no brass band. There's no celebration. There's no festival. There's just simply the statement, the wall was finished. But can you imagine the joy in their heart? If you've ever had the, that, that feeling of, of satisfaction when you finish something, when you do something, you take a task. Maybe some of you guys, y'all are creative, and you ladies, y'all, y'all create things. You make things, and you start it, and you can see it in your mind, and you begin to work, and you design it, and you lay it. And when you, when you do that final stitch, or you hammer that last nail, or you make that last cut, or you do some other task, and you reach that finished, finished place, that's when you feel that sense of satisfaction, that joy. And that's the joy that it brings. It brings joy not only to you, but it brings joy to others. Most important message in this, in this verse is in, down at the end of the verse. And the most important message of finishing is this, it brings glory to the name of God. They perceived that this work was wrought of our God. If it was man's work, they could stop it, but this is not man's work, this is God's work. Everything we do, what is our purpose in this life? Everybody's wondering, what is my purpose? Let me tell you what your ultimate purpose is and my ultimate purpose. And your family's purpose and this church's purpose is to bring glory to God. That's our task. That's our purpose. And when we are faithful in doing what God has given us to do, for some, it's being a godly wife. For some, it's being a godly parent and raising godly children. For others, it's serving in the church. For others, it's serving in the community. It's serving other people as a caretaker or as a caregiver. And there's all sorts of tasks that God gives to us. And when we're faithful in that, it brings glory to God. And it points people to Him. Not for our glory, not for our praise, but for His praise. And how does it do that? It points us to the third thing, and that's the model of success. What is the model of success? If we were to look through this passage and look through this account, this could be really nothing different than a, you could apply this in business, you could apply this in sports, you could apply this in academics, you can apply it in a lot of areas. These principles are true. They apply all across. But the Bible is never just to help us have a better, more convenient life. It's always to point us to Jesus. Because it is in Jesus that we see the ultimate model of finishing, the ultimate model of spiritual success, doing God's work, God's way, and God's time by God's power for God's glory. Jesus is the perfect example of that. And this account points us to Him. Do you ever think about the life of Jesus? If you looked at the, if you looked at the life of Jesus through the value of the world, you'd say Jesus was a failure. Jesus never accomplished the things that this world values. Jesus never started a business. Jesus never um, got a claim for being wealthy. 
Jesus never achieved any academic degrees. Jesus never led an army into battle and won any great earthly victories. Jesus never wrote a book or did anything of that nature. And in fact, his life ended when he was placed on a cross and a criminal's death. He ended in shame to this world. And yet, Jesus is the greatest success in history. There is no greater example of an individual who fulfilled God's work, God's way, for God's glory by His power and in His time than Jesus Christ. He is the model. And this text does not point us to Nehemiah. This text does not point us to general leadership. This text points us to Jesus Christ. And He is our model. So how do we look to Christ and how do we see? How does finishing well, how do we see that in Christ? Well, we see it in three simple things. Number one, He was perfectly committed to the Father's will. He was perfectly committed to the Father's will. Are you committed to doing God's will? I'm not saying, do you know every detail about what that will is? Are you committed to it? Jesus said in His prayer, Father, not my will, but Yours be done. It starts, we just sang just a moment ago, all to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. That's our commitment to His will. Jesus also obeyed the Father's will. He didn't just say, Father, your will be done. He acted on it. Jesus would pray. He said, I have come and speak. He would say, I have come to do His will and to finish the work that He gave me to do. He did His will. He was committed to the Father's will. He did the Father's will. But then we also know that He fulfilled. He finished the Father's will. Jesus hanging on the cross. And what are His final words as He dies on the cross? He says, it is finished. He completed the task that God had given him to do. He is the perfect example. The writer of Hebrews encourages us with this truth. He says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, Let us run with patience. Let us run with perseverance. The race that is set before us. Doing what? Looking unto Jesus. The author and the, say it with me, finisher of our faith. Boy, the great truth for that is, for unbelievers, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, the work of salvation, Jesus started it and He finished it. And this morning, all you have to do is put your faith and trust in Him. You don't have to do anything else. Their work has already been done. He has finished that task. This morning, I hope that you will trust in Him as your Savior. Place your faith in Him because the work is already completed. But he finished with joy. Hebrews 12 says, For consider him who for the joy that was set before him, to finish with faithfulness and to finish with joy. That's success. That's success. To finish those daily tasks, to finish the lifelong journey. Believer, will you finish with joy? Will you finish with faithfulness? Are you finishing those small tasks? Are you starting them and then finishing them? Are you looking to finish that long race? Let me tell you what that involves. That involves finishing the lifelong journey, involves finishing the season that you're in right now. I can guarantee you in a 
in a congregation of this size, there are Christians who are in a season that they wish they could get out of. They're anxious to move from the season they're in to the next, the next part of the journey. Finish, finish that season where you are. Get out of it what God has for you. For some, it's a season of suffering. It's a season of challenge. For others, it may be a season of struggle, and it may be, boy, I just can't wait till this passes. We want to be out of the season that we're in. Finish, finish the task that God's given to you, and then you can move to the next season for you to finish that as well. And you know what a lifelong journey of following Christ is? It's one finished task right after the other. Until one day we stand before Him and we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, you finished it. What I gave you to do, you finished it. One step at a time, one day at a time, one dirty task at a time, one unpleasant moment at a time, one joyful moment at a time. You finished what I gave you to do. Well done. Enter into what? The joy of your Lord. Finish with joy. There may be some older saints here this morning. Let me say to you, God's not done with you. God's not finished until He takes you home. I've talked with some recently who said, I can't do the things that I used to do. I can't do the tasks that I used to do. I, I love to do those things. Let me tell you that there are things that you can do. There are those that I've talked to that are not able to get out of their house. And what are they doing? They're sharing the gospel. They're inviting to church. They're praying for the people that they come in contact with. God's not done with them. They're, not, they're just in a different season. They're in a different stage. They'll finish this one with tasks just like they finished the one before. There's parents that need to persevere in their children's life because they think, boy, I'm just, I'm just going to throw up my hands. I'm, just, I'm going to hope for the best. I'm going to hope that the next stage of life will be a lot better. They need to persevere in their life. Students that need to reject the hopelessness and the lack of purpose that often this generation feels. Singles that need to embrace where they are now and complete this season of your life with joy. Faithful servants that have gone for a long time and you've put in so many hours and you've done so much labor and at times it seems that your labor is in vain in the Lord. It is not in vain in the Lord. Finish with faithfulness. May one day we stand before God and it may not be a wall for us, but may we be able to step into His presence and say, the work is finished. Father, I pray this morning that you will help us to cross that finish line with faithfulness and joy, looking unto Jesus. Father, I pray that you will do a work in our hearts by the Spirit to be committed to your will, to obey your will, and then to fulfill your will. Lord, I pray for those this morning who are in a season, they're in a moment of their life, and they're ready to get out of it. But Lord, I pray that they'll finish it, and finish it well, and finish it with joy. And there are those that are young and they are looking at potentially a lifelong journey ahead. And it seems like they're ready to throw in the towel already. And boy, that's a long way to go. I pray, Lord, that they'll commit to finish what you've put in front of them, to finish the task. Father, for those who have served for a long time and they're faithful members and faithful servants and they feel like they're no use and purpose anymore, may they realize that they have purpose and they have value. May they press on and finish well so that when they cross that finish line, they'll hear those words.
words, well done, well done, well done.